Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. The Friday edition is here for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Hutton Withrow here. Glad you're with us. And we'll be joined by Johnny Damon coming up in 20 minutes. Talk to the World Series, two-time World Series champion. And we'll get into the rules changes, the Savannah Bananas, and much more. Looking forward to that. Also, Daryl Moose Johnston. He is the new president of the USFL, longtime uh, a Fox Sports analyst for the NFL, still is, and, of course, former Dallas Cowboy. He'll be with us in hour number two. And, Chad, a special draft coming our way in hour three. Look forward to explaining that and getting into our special draft coming up later. Hutton, we're going green today, but we did not purchase an electric vehicle. Uh, we're wearing green <laughs> for the Masters. So, different shades of green. I've got the actual Masters shirt on, but you're wearing green. It's a fun time of year. Coming into this week, and now uh, we've got a familiar name leading the tournament right now, which is not one that I expected coming in. Brooks Kepka is back. I mean, how, how else to explain this? At 12 under now and 5 under for the second round today, the same guy who didn't make the cut last year at Augusta National, the same player who said that he nearly punched a hole or tried to break out the back window of his car. He was so upset, so pissed off that he didn't make the cut last year is now leading at Augusta national. And the storyline is both Brooks Kepka and who's in solo for second place right now running in second is Bennett, Sam Bennett, the U S amateur champion who is at Texas A&M who will return to the collegiate tour after this is currently at eight under after a four under round so far as he's through 17 about to wrap up round number two as lightning is hitting the course. Point being, I mean, the headlines write themselves. Kepka off of the reality and the behind the scenes look from the Netflix special. And then you have the, the, the storyline of Bennett who no one knew about coming into this tournament. And now it's all about him and how he's rising to this occasion what what a storyline with John Rahm also in contention and he's at even right now through four Phil Mickelson at four under another Mi surprise yeah. yep um you've got Jordan Spieth in the mix you've got Colin Morikawa in the mix setting up for a fun weekend in Augusta starting with Brooks Kepka. the worst scores today so far and it's funny because I didn't know these guys were in the field you've got Sandy Lyle who's five over you know, you've got the your automatic. How old is Sandy Lyle? I mean, he's he's automatically in if he wants to play. Uh, same goes for Jose Maria Olafable. He's five over. VJ Singh also five over. And I bring this up because Rory McIlroy today, worst score on the course today at five over for today. Which is crazy. Sandy Lyle, sixty-five years old. I mean, but honestly, like if you had the lifetime ability to play at the Masters, I mean, I would do that. As long as you can continue to walk the court. Jose Maria Olathabal, <clears throat> surprising at least to me. Two-time Masters champion. Only 57. Wow. 
Thought he'd be much older. And he's, I mean, I'd say five over like it's a bad thing. Like, I, I would love a five over round. Of course. At, at any point. But Chad Brooks is back. And now the storyline can, continues with him trying to get back to the PGA Tour. At least that's the perceived notion here. As he went to live, and you have the, uh, the, the whole storyline of the, the, the mental hurdles he was trying to get over, where he went on that run from 2017 to 2019, where he was unstoppable, especially in the majors. Four-time major winner. And you also have the storyline of live versus PGA, where if he's able to find a way back to the PGA Tour after finding himself, after finding his game again, that cripples the Live Tour. We were discussing yesterday, like, is there a way for him to get back and you've got the signing bonus? Despite all that, I mean, you fight that as much as you can if you're the Live Tour because if you have the former champ who came across and wanted to take the money and then wants back in, I mean, what's left for Live at that point with one of the major stars and storylines of the PGA Tour professionals who've left now jumping back in as soon as they get better. I think it also helps the live tour in a way because the knock on the tour is all you did is overspend on a bunch of guys past their prime that can no longer compete for major championships on the PGA tour. So you're basically getting the PGA tours leftovers would be the complaint. Well, that's no longer the, the case and no longer the truth. If Brooks Kepka. He's playing live one week, comes over, wins the Masters, yep. and goes right back to the live tour. So that is a notch in the belt of live tour if he's able to win this tournament. And for the most part, I think that's probably true. It's a lot of guys who got offered generational money for not having to win anything that decided, hey, this is what's best for me and my family financially, so I'm going to take the money and not worry about winning. Well, Brooks Kepka winning the Masters, going back to live tour, I don't think it's a bad thing for that tour at all. And then you have Sam Bennett. So you have the, the current leaders at Augusta are not on the PGA Tour. You have Brooks Kepka followed by Sam Bennett, the amateur, who is set to return to the Aggies, the Texas A&M. Of course he plays at Texas A&M, right? Yep. Uh, Makes to, sense. To finish off his season later this month, he qualified because he's the U.S. Amateur champion in 2022. And right now he's, in, he's solo second, which is remarkable considering, I mean, he, he's known for not having, he's not bringing like all these coaches with him or anything like that. He just goes out there and he's swinging a golf club. Apparently self-taught, if you can believe that. I mean, I think about Roy McAvoy from 10 Cup. Kevin Costner's character, <laughs> yeah. when I think about an amateur in, yeah. in, the, in contention yeah. this late into a tournament, so I immediately go there. Um, I was reading some interview with the guy who gave Scotty Scheffler instruction throughout his childhood, and they asked him, when did you know Scotty Scheffler was special? And he said, after our first session when he was six years old, I knew that he was special. Wow. The way he swung it at six years old. Then I see this guy's story who is self-taught, and I'm thinking, this is pretty special. And I, I hate I'm to get teased this way. <laughs> yeah. And Except awful. I'm shooting 147 <laughs> if I go to Augusta National. But I also watch these these stories, and I immediately I can't help but jump into. Is this the next guy? I know. Yeah, it was Roy McIlroy at one point. It was Jordan Spieth had that incredible hot streak early in his career with major championships. Now it's Scheffler. Scheffler is on a run right now, but I always I hate that I do this, but I evaluate them as superstar potential. Yeah, I love Scotty Scheffler. 
Scotty Scheffler's not the persona of a superstar, right? He is a very laid-back, good dude that's easy to root for, but it's he's not Tiger Woods. No, but he doesn't have that level of charisma. But does Jordan he... Spieth had a little bit of that early on, and then he hasn't won as much lately. So I'm always it's like I'm he's a Madison get... Avenue executive yeah. sizing up their Q score when I see someone that could be great at a young age. Justin Thomas also fits this mold. Right? Yeah. And I think Justin Thomas comes across as a very normal, yeah. likable, good dude, but same as Spieth. I don't look at Justin Thomas and think Man, this guy, you know, is just gonna he's gonna be on Times Square billboards for the rest of his life because of his charisma. Maybe I mean, I, I can't wait to figure out more details about this guy. Yeah, like, maybe he is. I'm not so, saying he's not, but I immediately start thinking about that. But the when I see a story like this. The ability to not just qualify for winning the US amateur, but play this well through two rounds is remarkable. Meanwhile, the cut line is currently at two over, Chad. Tiger Woods currently at one over for the tournament, and he is still on the the first nine. He is on the eighth hole, I believe. And you said going into this, it's a huge success for him just to make the cut. The cut line you mentioned is still at two? Yep. That was at last check. Yeah, that, it, it, that's huge. If he can play the weekend and he's putting out on 18 on Sunday, that's a win for Tiger Woods because of his condition. So I think that'd be great if we can see him on Saturday and Sunday. Jason Day is currently tied for sixth. Spieth, Mickelson, Gary Woodland, and others. And Woodland ties in to, to Kepka based on a I, I, it, PGA and, and the, the Masters golf in general. It's a lot like Major League Baseball where you, you see certain rules pop up or a stat line pop up that's never happened that you've never seen. And you think, why did it take this long to know this? And that certainly happened with a bit of controversy, although there's uh, the, the, the rules officials at Augusta said there's no infraction for Kepka. Chad, I don't know about you. I didn't know that you could not get advice from another caddy or player based on when you were you know, approaching your shot or what club you were using. And, and this was the, the allegation. They, there were... Uh, it was all on social media. Those that were saying, hey, Kepka hit a five, and then they hold up a, a, a five to Woodland, saying like, hey, I hit five. And there's also the caddies going back and forth. At least that was the, the thought. But there was no proof based on whatever the video evidence was to say one way or the other that communication was going on to help another player or a caddy giving advice. I love when something happens that reveals a rule that most people didn't know existed. Yeah. I had no idea that a caddy couldn't look at another caddy. And if they asked, hey, what'd you hit there? And say five, that that's a rules violation. I didn't know. That seems extraneous, but I also love it. But I also didn't I like, love that there's the this level of detail in the rules that you have this. The, and, as much as the players talk, like after a tee shot, walking down the fairway. Yeah, they, they would, don't say, like, what are you thinking here? What, what, would, yeah. what would you do? That's against the rules? You're talking with your buddy? You're competing against the field. I guess the thought is you don't want buddies teaming up, giving all their info during a round to try to take down another competitor. You know, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are best friends. So if they're in a group together and they're the second-to-last group to go off on a Sunday, yeah. and they're chasing down the leader, you would implement this rule because you don't want Thomas and Spieth, if Spieth is the only one that has a chance late in the round, 
to be sitting there conversing about strategy to take down the champion yeah. and to make sure you get the championship. Or That's if you why have a similar shot and you want to club up and the other guy who's not in contention tries a different one just to see what it would be like based on the wind and everything factoring in. Yeah, Course you could say you try five, I'll try four. Yeah. Or whatever, and we'll that see makes what happens. Sense. That yeah. makes sense. But I didn't know the caddies couldn't say, like, hey, we did we I, did this. I had no idea until I saw this rule happen. But then it's the type of story I was immediately texting with you guys. I love these stories because yeah, me too. it opens up a conversation about rules that are you don't know about, but also should it even be a rule? And then I started thinking about why would it be a rule, and what I come up with is you don't want guys that are friends sharing info on the course that could – be played to the detriment of someone who's leading or, or trying to win the championship. Not even friends, just players who are getting kickbacks for doing something in order to help right. out the their opponent, but hey, also the opponent's chasing a different player. Help me get that purse for the fourth place yeah. here, you're and right. I'll, I'll help you when you're higher up in the and we're playing again. We can share information during the round, and our caddies can talk to each other. They're trying to avoid that. And everyone's their own silo. Caddy, and yeah. this is what I mean. What I learned is. Caddy player, you could say good shot. That's about it. To another player, another caddy. That's it. There's no, you are incommunicado. No talking throughout the round. No sharing of info. Didn't really know that until yesterday. So we've got Kepka atop the leaderboard. Colin Morikawa is also in contention on this Friday of the Masters. And he was also spotted by a viewer. We've seen this in the past where someone's watching and they believe or in perceive or actually it happened where a player like grounds a club or something in the bunker right and you go back and there's a rules analyst that has to go over this well in this case Morikawa was spotting his his ball in the green and it moved the ball moved after spotting it and so he replaces the marker and moves the ball back to its original spot and then after the allegations that the ball moved and you know, that should be a stroke. He also retweets the full video of what he did, saying that I play by the rules, I promise, and then explains the rule. Ball moved as I addressed it, so I threw the coin down in no specific place, replaced the ball to the original spot, then moved my marker to the original spot from where I threw it. Again, I'll, I'll trust him on this, and the rules analysts do too, but you have the spotters at home that think they know, like, like Chad and I. We didn't know about these other rules. No. And others believe that they do know and they bring it up on Twitter and it becomes a viral video. I feel like it's a whole subreddit of people that just watch for <laughs> rules violations on every golf tournament and they get together and they talk about what happened, what could have been a rules violation. I'm going to reference another movie when I saw this story, much like Roy McAvoy and Tin Cup with the amateur that's in second right now. Uh, Legend of Bagger Vance with Matt Damon and Will Smith. Yeah. Will Smith slaps no one in this movie, to my knowledge. That's good for Chris yeah. Rock and everyone else. Earlier in his career. But there's a, a part in the movie where the he moves a leaf from the ball, and it moves the ball, and Matt Damon is having to tell the rules. The rules person comes over with, this is like 1920s golf, and he's got the book out of the rules, and he says, it's not a stroke penalty if the ball merely oscillates or barely shifts positions and doesn't move before you address it or as you address it. And Matt Damon said it moved from here to here. So he called the foul on himself, knowing the ball rolled an inch and didn't just merely wiggle, where it wouldn't have been a rules violation if that happened. Which, I'll be honest, when I watched that film in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever it came out, first time that I knew of that rule also. 
Two quick notes before we get to Johnny Damon. First, they have suspended play at Augusta National. Uh, lightning, so they've evacuated the course for all the fans as well. Do we have an air horn in here, Davey, that we can sound? <laughs> Where it's all clear? Yeah. But it, so Whenever they, we're having a bad day on the show, we should just blow the air horn and all just walk play. out for like 20 minutes, take a deep breath, come also, back to it. The, the top three highest paid defensive linemen currently. Number three, DeForest Buckner at $21 million per season on average. Deron Payne, number two, at $22.5 million per season. And then Aaron Donald, the, an the average annual salary, at $31.7. Teron Davenport of ESPN, the Titans and Jeffrey Simmons have agreed in principle to a four-year contract extension. This through his agent and uh, Rand Carthon, uh, through their negotiations, they ensure the Titans will have their premier player for the long haul. He's the best player on their roster. This has been uh, a negotiation that started, or should have started, earlier last year with a different general manager, and now Carthon gets this done according to Davenport. We don't know, the reason I bring up the numbers, we don't know where the money will be, we'll soon find out, for Simmons on the average annual value with the other players. My guess is it's above Deron Payne. We'll find out soon enough, but this is big news for the Titans because they've got, like, like you and said, their most talented player, their best player, Locked up. And one of the top players for his position in the NFL. We'll talk to another top player from Major League Baseball. Johnny Damon joins us next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Always pumped about our next guest who joins us on Hot Mike across the Outkick Network, Johnny Damon, World Series champion, and he knows a thing or two about pace of play, playing for the Savannah <laughs> Bananas uh, whenever his schedule allows. Johnny, great to have you back on, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, everything's going fantastic. And yes, I do love the pace of play of the Savannah Bananas and not so much the Yankee Red Sox series that, you know, we went five and six hours at times. So uh, I love what they're doing. It's fantastic. How did you get involved with the Bananas and, and Banana Ball? For those that don't know, like there's no, there's a two hour time limit. There no mound visits. You can't step out of the box. Uh, a num uh, you have a, a tiebreaker based on the, the showdown of, of batting. If you win the inning, you get a run kind of thing. I, I'm, I'm fascinated how they approached you and how you, you said, yeah, I'll do this. 
Oh, I actually approached them because oh. I've seen their uh, social media post, and I was like, man, I would love to play some fun baseball again. And I know the skills aren't quite there <laughs> anymore, you know, uh, pushing 50 this year. But uh, what a great time. And the uh, coolest part of this game is if somebody walks, they try to run to as many bases as possible before everybody on the field actually uh, touches the ball. And it was absolutely amazing. I uh, I walked, I got about a third to second base and all, everybody touched the ball, pitcher, catcher, left, center, right, everybody touched the ball. And it was, uh, um, I couldn't believe how slow I am now or how just <laughs> fast they are. The mind is there, you know, it's still quick enough. It's just the feet that are a little bit slower as you get a little bit older. Um, I, yeah, I, well, that last time I actually had a, uh, a pulled hamstring because I ooh. play soccer. And good thing I scored a goal to hurt myself, but uh, I wasn't in great um, shape uh, for that one. But hopefully I'll join them later on. I was trying to um, meet them in Nashville, but my schedule didn't permit it. But uh, hopefully sometime soon. Well, Absolutely. full disclosure, speaking of Nashville, Colin, our radio producer, said he's going to go to the game in Nashville and has talked nonstop about the Savannah Bananas. I had heard of the team name, but did not know what all was involved with their games, with your games, the Savannah Bananas. And then I start to see the following this team has and the crowds that you're bringing to some minor league parks. How cool is it to see that level of engagement with fans coming out on a road trip to watch this team? Oh, it's so incredible. And they have um, – their waiting list is more than the amount of tickets they sold this year. But the uh, um, players for the Party Animals and the Savannah Bananas, they do a great job. They interact with the fans the entire game. And when we were actually in Savannah, I uh, took my mom – and my uh, little son up, and it was a great experience because my mom, um, probably the last baseball game she's going to see me play, even though uh, it's uh, um, she got to get on the field, she got to dance, she got the crowd going, and so the umpire started dancing with her. So it was an amazing experience, and I uh, hope to do it again sometime soon. That's awesome, man. How do they, who are the, where do the players come from? Like, how do they um, determine who they're going to invite to do this on a tour? Well, they like it to be a secret, so okay. uh, the fans don't know. But there's uh, some guys like um, Johnny Gomes, Eric Burns, who have uh, um, played some games before. But when we were in Savannah, it was actually a bunch of us old retired um, baseball players like he. Bell as well. He uh, was fantastic with the weigh-in at the beginning of the game when he ran in from uh, uh, left field to uh, pitch, you know, doing his usual slide. Um, fantastic coverage, and uh, everybody left that place happy, even though we lost five to nothing. <laughs> Johnny Damon with us on Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Were you all for the rule changes that we've seen for pace of play to speed up the games? Oh, and, and if not, are you more in favor of them now after seeing them in practice? Well, I think the pitching, the pitch count is very difficult because it seems like there's been a lot of upset players. And I feel like if they could have left that alone, it would have been OK. The bigger bases I would have loved. So uh, not so many injuries. You have a place to slide. What I did not like was when they put someone on second base 
in extra innings, but I had a talk with Mikey Lowell, um, great Marlins and Red Sox slugger. And he's like, Johnny, do you really want to possibly play a 16, 17 inning game? And I was like, you're absolutely right. I think it's a great rule. It's a uh, <laughs> tough rule for us, uh, um, our us older guys to get used to, but I actually do like that. And uh, yeah, so the pitching thing, um, I'm not too sure about it because I always wanted to have a quicker game. So I hardly ever left the uh, batter's box and Savannah Bananas, you're not allowed to leave the batter's box either. So I know Major League Baseball picked up some of their rules that it's a strike if you take um, two steps out of the ballpark or the batter's box. So we've got Kurt Schilling now as a part of the Outkick Network. He was in studio with us last Thursday. Um, nice. He has a high opinion of you, by the way. Said very nice things about playing uh, with you. Um, yeah. He also said that the only pitchers affected by the pitch clock are pitchers that suck because pitchers <laughs> that suck take too much time and pitchers that are good and sure of themselves work faster. Has that been your experience facing pitchers that it's usually the ones that aren't quite as good that take too much time? Yeah, I I would agree with him because if a guy had to s- slow you down, uh, pick off the first base to throw off the batter, um, I agree with him. And sometimes really good pitchers do need some time, but I feel like uh, what's going on in um, Major League Baseball right now is um, a lot of – it's a big change. A lot of people are just trying to figure it out, and I feel like that was a change that did not need to be made. You know, baseball players are cagey, and they'll figure out ways around rules. They'll figure out ways to, for gamesmanship and all that. I'm watching Braves-Cardinals the other night, and Wilson Contreras, um, two strikes, he swings and misses, and he just sprints towards the dugout. And I'm thinking, does he think that was a third strike when it was really mm. two strikes? No, he was going to put pine tar on his bat and just exited like he was leaving to go do that and then came back, and I'm thinking, this is a good way to buy more time. If you feel like you're being rushed a bit, that he went and did something like there was something wrong with his bat. Looked like he broke his bat, and he was going to repair it, and then he got back in. And I thought, Johnny, well, now we're going to see more players doing that. Do you feel like we'll see more attempts like this, that if you feel like you're being rushed, you can game the system that way? Yeah, I think it's a great idea, but also if you strike out and you don't think you struck out, you can – give up more time for the uh, next hitter and pitcher. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure this thing out as well. So uh, um, great move. I'm sure teams are going to talk about it. I'm sure he um, added another 20 minutes to every meeting that these teams have. So uh, some players around the league are probably upset because now they have to listen to this rule (laughs) Um, being explained. This is the first time we've had you since uh, the World Baseball Classic, but what we saw from Otani, like it, when you watch him on the mound and in the batter's box, what, what comes to mind? Amazing. And the fact that he can throw 100 plus, hit 500 foot home runs. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he had the opportunity to do it because a lot of teams would have said you're going to only concentrate on hitting or pitching. And there were a couple guys in my era, like Brooks um, Kishnick and uh, um, well, Rick Ankiel as well. So uh, uh, there's not too many guys who can do it both. You think we'll see more of this, not maybe not a ton of this, but more players that are 
attempting to do both? I hope so, because when you're a kid and you have to pick and choose what you're going to do, be a pitcher or be, be a hitter. Um, I was actually a pretty good pitcher when I was a small little kid, but I always wanted to hit and uh, like, I always wanted to hit the long ball. And so uh, um, pitching, I never would have made it to the big leagues. There's too many good ones, but hopefully uh, they'll give more guys a chance. I'm sure teams like the Yankees and Red Sox, um, hopefully they can find someone, but it's also big money contracts that are <laughs> getting ready to get paid. And I know Otani is going to uh, command a huge uh, free agent market, and it could be every single team in baseball because they know what he brings to the table. You know, I'm struck by what you said about you were a good pitcher as a kid. Mark DeRosa, <laughs> the manager for the U.S. team, said it really well, and I hadn't really thought of it this way, but he said what, what Otani does is it's what all of us probably did in Little League that he's yes. able to do in the majors. That if you're a good player, you're going to pitch for your team when you're a little kid at some point. And you might yes. be the best hitter on the team. But he's been able to carry that through professional baseball, and that's remarkable. And I thought, oh, he's right. Most people who were good on their team would do a little bit of everything, and he just continued doing it. What do you think, Johnny, about that sort of almost little league approach to this and how he's been talented enough to carry it on? Yeah, the best players on your little league team were your uh, pitchers, shortstop, center fielders. And your catcher had to be the uh, smart one or the guy who was going to get behind there and uh, take a beating. So, or the guy whose I, parents bought him the catcher's equipment that made him catch. He said, this kid yeah. he can't do anything else, so he can catch now. He's got the equipment for it. That also happened yeah. in Little League. Yeah, believe me, not too many pe people are raising their hands no. to uh, be a catcher, but uh, a lot of them become catchers, uh, um, like Craig Biggio, uh, a, a number of other people uh, after they played well, actually, Biggio was a catcher first and then went to second, but it works reverse a lot more. Donnie Damon with us on Hot Mike. Is it odd to see Jeter and A-Rod together on a broadcast? Yeah, when I first saw it happen, I believe I was in Arizona for all the Super Bowl parties, and then I see them introduced to each other, and I just didn't think Jeter really wanted to do it. It's very time consuming. I've heard from A-Rod, there's a lot more time um, involved than when we were actually playing. So uh, I know he's got um, three beautiful girls at home and I've got eight kids. So that timing for me just never worked out. So maybe there's a game or two down the road, but it's definitely tough. Did they, did they bury the hatchet? I guess they did. And, and what was it like around them when they didn't? Well, it was fine. I mean, we know what the media could portray. Yeah. And it, they always seemed to be fine. Maybe they had a little spat and they um, just w went off and did their job. And uh, sometimes that happens. I, we did see uh, the captain documentary and what he said upset him. So I'm sure they are past that. They're going to have to work together for many more years going forward. So uh, they've done it before and they definitely can do it again. I thought it was cool that Fox reached out and said, hey, are you cool with this? It, to A-Rod first about Jeter oh. coming in. Oh, that's great because A-Rod's been doing a great job and Big yeah. Poppy's been doing a great job. And to add another legend, like 
Derek Jeter. Awesome. Johnny, so, Johnny Damon with us. Johnny, we know everything that's done at the business level of Major League Baseball is done for profit and done to make more money. And speeding up the game is done for profit because they've heard from enough people that the game needs to be faster and it's going to help viewership and people going to the ballpark and all of that. And then I see the report yesterday that not only am I watching this pitch clock so much, so obsessively because it's so new, but apparently everyone else is because Major League Baseball is going to sell a sponsorship on their pitch clock on broadcast, and it's going to exceed $10 million, the sponsorship for that. And I thought, here's another way to make money on speeding the game up. But you being a part of this business for so long, I doubt you're surprised that baseball teams and Major League Baseball will find a way to monetize this pitch clock. Yeah, I'm not too surprised at all, but that's definitely a great idea um, to uh, generate more money and uh, to pay the players and uh, give the fans a uh, great experience going forward. I know a lot of teams work very hard uh, to make sure their fans are happy. And I was fortunate to play 18 years and just had a wonderful experience uh, playing Major League Baseball. And I know they're going to continue to do that for their fans and for their players. We're watching the Masters. And speaking of money, I know you, you tweeted recently about Live, uh, the uh, Live Tour. What do you make of uh, the, the back and forth between the, the rivalry of the players on the Live Tour versus PGA Tour and the fact that right now uh, the first two players on the leaderboard in Augusta are not on the PGA Tour? Yeah, well, it's um, I, I see they delayed it somewhat, but uh, I'm happy for the Masters. I mean, such a great tournament. They came out and said, we want the best players around. And, you know, what I have to get used to, I've been watching coverage all day, and it starts very early. <laughs> and with the uh, Live Tour, it's a, it's a quick four-hour round, and it's, and it's over. So... I've got to get used to that. I'm sure they're going to go into seven or eight, eight o'clock tonight. And but um, I'm just happy the Masters stepped up, and hopefully a few more of these events step up, and hopefully we can have a uh, rivalry. I mean, Live versus PGA Tour. I think that's um, what I would like to see, and hopefully a lot of other uh, fans would like to see as well. I see the shirt. Uh, it, you have it back on for the the most recent visit with us, A Game, and the the ultimate hydration drink, drinkagame.com. You got Bo Jackson on board with you now, is that right? Uh, yes, I do, and we also locked in Tyler Adams, men's U.S. Uh, soccer uh, captain, and yeah. uh, we're making uh, great strides. We are in twelve thousand stores now. Um, a lot in the Northeast. We're in Publix in the uh, Southeast. Um, we should be in Arizona here soon. So we are working with a lot of great uh, distrib uh, distributors and uh, hopefully we'll be making our way to uh, Nashville soon. Fascinated by this. this. This is a very difficult lane to get into, right? The, the sports drink, hydration, there's tons of them. And to get the distribution you need, and I'm basing this off of Shark Tank, let me admit to you. Yes, uh, oh, for sure. No one wants to invest in it because there's so much out there how difficult has it been? And I mean, when you're getting the the names like yourself, but also Bo and others, uh, that's got to give you some jet fuel. Well, it's very difficult. And what I always wanted to make sure of was a great taste, a clean product, great taste. If it's not a great taste, people will buy it once and maybe not come back. And everyone talks about bringing their A game all yeah. the time. Um, still, you guys are bringing your A game right now. I'm trying to bring my A game. You always here. That's right. Here. 
Uh, be, yeah, you always have to bring it. And uh, uh, we're very happy on where we are now and definitely where we're going. But you're absolutely right. It is a tough business and uh, we seem to be doing very well. Maybe you're already doing this, but the walk out to the plate for the bananas should include <laughs> the sports, the, the hydration drink, A-game. We, we would love it. And uh, I know they, um, they're working with some companies right now, but uh, when the time is right, we can definitely work with them. I have sponsored uh, Mr. Olympia. I sponsor a couple high school teams here in uh, Central Florida. Um, my alma mater, uh, Dr. Phillips High School Panthers and the West Orange Warriors, and uh, we're sponsoring a pickleball uh, tournament down in cool. Naples. So we are doing a lot of um, cool things and uh, hopefully we continue to grow. We have a strong team that brings their A game every single day. Johnny, final thing for you. The, the player that's under the radar that you really respect and admire based on how they're playing right now. Ooh, right now, I mean, I love Tim Anderson. I mean, he's been playing well for a while. Trey Turner and I mean, Corey Seager, I mean, this guy's swing. I met him when he was 17 years old up in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, his brother was playing in an all-star game and they were retiring my uh, uniform up there and uh, just a great swing. And uh, I mean, the shortstops, I mean, they're the best players on the field. And uh, before I forget, uh, we do have a NASCAR race up in Dover, Delaware called the A-Game 200. It's our second year. And uh, April 29th, and uh, we're going to have our A-game car uh, ran by Ryan Sieg. Nice. Love it, man. Uh, congrats on the success with that. And uh, love seeing you with the Savannah. That, that's really cool. Um, I haven't seen it in person yet. I would love to. Um, but when I get the chance, hopefully you're on the field for that. Absolutely. And let me know if you all need anything. It'll be there June 2nd and 3rd. Awesome. Thank you, man. Right. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate you, man. Sure. Johnny Damon, cool dude, man. And uh, Chad, the Savannah Bananas, the, the viral videos of this, especially like the walkout with the music to the plate. It's awesome. Really good idea. Colin and loves this team. I had no idea what was game. going on, but you read a little bit about it. It looks pretty cool. Sold out ballpark. All of it. Fun times. Coming up, uh, not fun times for Riley Gaines. She's on the speaking circuit. She was in studio with us last week and last night assaulted details next on hot mic when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Scary last night for uh, Riley Gaines, and hopefully she's okay, but she tweeted out that there was a, a mob that came after her. She was physically hit twice by a man wearing a dress at San Francisco State University. For those protesting, uh, her being there on behalf of women participating and playing against women in sports, 
uh, assaulted by a man in a dress, but she tweeted out the video and retweeted it. Um, it's more than just one person uh, coming after her. And this is with police protection. Um, it, craziness ensued. And to her credit, she said that, hey, when people want you to be silent, speak louder. And what she's speaking on is biological women competing against biological women. But yet we have the mob that we saw last night come to come to light and uh it's it's unfortunate it's sad that people get to this level of anger for something that is common sense and seems so simple jeff some common sense simple some we've mentioned a lot that you know we can hammer it home every day and it's the same point i mean it's the point that's been made for the start of sports in this country and it, there's no reason to go away from it of women competing with women and men competing with men Sad when you see something like this. You know, Riley said, and we had her in studio, and she was a delight to have in studio and made a lot of great points. Um, speaking loud, speaking, words, saying words. This is what we need more of. Let's have conversations. You're never going to get to a point of civility if, you're, if your point and when you protest Riley Gaines and, and speaking with Turning Point, is to get violent because you want people to be more civil and to love everyone and to accept everyone and everything, you are completely defeating your own point. So let's not get violent in these situations. There needs to be more dialogue. There certainly doesn't need to be a man hitting a woman or a man right. hitting a man or a woman hitting a man in any of these situations. Less violence, more talking. It's just we got to get to some sanity at some point and we're not seeing it right now. And it hits home and it, it sucks to see Riley, who we both like, who was in studio with us last week, you know, get attacked by someone at San Francisco state university last night. So let's, let's cut it out. Yeah. Uh, support women's rights and face a mob. And it's, you know, you can't have a conversation anymore, Chad. That's where I, I come down on this. It, it, you gotta be one side or the other. It can be moderate on any issue. And you can't, um, you, you can't answer. One side or the other has to, has to abide by the uh, clickbait for that one side that they, they support. And it's not, it's, it's not just, you're right, but Riley Gaines is not preaching hatred. Like what she's saying no. is not about hate. It's about support and for again, women's it's, athletes. It's a very common sense thing. Very common sense. She's not a hateful person. But even if you're protesting her saying you're a hateful person because you stand for this, when you respond with hatred, when that's your response, you've already lost. And I wish both sides and everyone could see that. When your response is to get so mad that, you know, you're uh, uh, machine gunning down Bud Lights or you're attacking right. Riley Gaines, then what are we doing? You're not really winning any arguments when you do that. And if you're anti-cancel culture, you're anti-cancel culture on all sides. That's so right. Riley Gaines deserves the right to speak just like anyone else does. And if you disagree with her, when you come at her with fist, yeah, you have the right to and protest, you're a man but... wearing a dress in the moment and you attack her, then if you're anyone, you have defeated your own point in that moment. And I just, I hate it. I hate that this is where we are. I hate that there's no end in sight. Uh, it, I was encouraged and Riley told us last week that she does think there's a lot more organizations that are going to put it in writing mm -hmm. that you have to be a biological female to compete against biological females and biological men compete against biological men in sports. She says there's movements for that and 
sports bodies, governing bodies, are actually writing that into the rules. That encourages me. And hopefully we get more of that and we it leads to some common sense, or at least a little bit more of it. And what we're seeing more of is support on social media. When this happened last night, uh, Sage Still tweets out, stay strong, Riley Gaines. You have more people than you know supporting you and standing up to this madness. Followed by uh, Samantha Ponder last night. Just wow. Yes, Riley, so many of us are cheering you on. I imagine this has felt lonely at times. I'm genuinely sorry for my own cowardice and not speaking out sooner. Stay strong, sister. Um, this is what we're gaining traction with now is more women speaking out on behalf of what Riley is standing for and will continue to. And hopefully ESPN doesn't suspend either one of them because they have an anti-politics stance. And I don't know if that's politics or not, but Sage still got suspended for speaking out against vaccine mandates. And uh, other people can talk about other politics and not get a suspension. I would hope that uh, what Sam Ponder and Sage Steele said in support of a woman who was assaulted won't lead them to a meeting with one of their bosses in the office about a no politics policy at ESPN now. Well, the vocal minority uh, is what they placate to, though, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and so I'm that's glad. what I'm saying. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that. Well, I hope there's not one conversation to be had. I hope no boss contacts either I, one of them to talk about but it. But I, I would hope that more than two women at ESPN would speak out publicly about it. Or just agree. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. How many I, would even agree with Riley Gaines? I, I would hope most, but who knows? Yeah. It's, uh, when I see that, it's just, I, I shake my head at it. I, I don't understand how you can get violent based on the, the opinion that seems so simple. Uh, women biologically should compete against women. And we don't see the, we don't see the headlines for the, the women that are transitioning to men to compete. At against all. men. Right. At all. Not seeing There's that, no celebrity not seeing that happen there. as much. You're right. Weird. Weird yeah. how that works. Coming up, Ja Morant back in the headlines. It's not weird at all, actually. And we also dive into the NFL headlines. Big contracts and an extension handed out today that will set the new bar for defensive linemen not named Aaron Donald. That's next. <laughs> 